Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Welcome back, everybody, to a new episode of East Meets West here on the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet podcasting feed. I know after a long week of wrestling with NXT, the Hall of Fame, Raw, SmackDown, WrestleMania, AEW, all the stuff going over at Mania Weekend, what could be better than talking about more wrestling? <laughs> talking about the busy months that led up to uh, this previous week with the New Japan Cup, the annual March single elimination tournament. It goes on in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I am one of your hosts, Scott McLeod, here break down everything that went down. And I'm joined by a man who's taken time out of his schedule from being, you know, twerked on by Ring of Honor wrestlers like Session Moth Martina at the Discovery Shows and and having visions of George Michaels as Graham McRobbie. Pleasure to be back. And yeah, as you as you've summed up, we have had a, a hell of a, a busy month and a bit of wrestling. And like Homer with all the donuts in the world. We keep going. <laughs> no, no, we're still going. Like, it's like that that point where the guy's looking at his watch, like, I don't understand. The last guy quit after 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, the New Japan Cup, we were, we had all our theories, you know, it was, a, it was already big enough for the last few years with the whole 32 man field, but then they decided, if less is more, how much more will more be? And they decided to take up to 48. But sadly, granted, we had a, uh, some, a bad, what felt like a bad omen before the tournament started, where both Tenzan and uh, Bushi got taken out. So went down to 46, but it kind of sucks for a Bushi getting taken out right as he was about to make his big comeback. Aye, it's it was like it was the big the big announcement. Bushi's back after all that time. It's like yeah, yeah, he's back. And then literally, was it like two days before the tournament started? Oh yeah, he's not going to be there. It's like what? Mm. After we give all these other shitey people a bye. Ibushi has to forfeit. Ah, well, it does suck, and you know, obviously, I think I believe there was it like it was like complications after his uh, after his injury with pneumonia, and so obviously, we hope he gets better soon. Uh, with the recent announcement that the best of Super Juniors is coming back in May, back to its annual spot, I don't imagine uh, there'll be will we see much of uh, of Ibushi until sometime in the summer, just to play it safe. I know that's it's actually kind of a, a relief, especially about something else we'll talk about later, that there's going to be that kind of break for the heavyweights. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it might actually be a, a blessing in disguise. Yeah, definitely. But as we've done in the past with the New Japan Cup, what we're going to do is talk about the two winners, or the two finalists, sorry, uh, the matches they had getting there, and then we'll talk about the finals, how we feel about who ended up coming out on top of the the whole tournament and gets the title shot this Saturday at Hyper Battle against Okada. So this year's finals were Tetsuya Naito and Zack Sabre Jr. And I'll be quite honest with you, Grant, I know they're both uh, 
favourites are more you I know you especially are fans of both men. But I don't think I saw both of these two as our uh, our eventual lineup for the finals. It it wasn't the final I predicted. I, I did not see this final coming. But if anything it made me happier with it because it, it felt like they were actually throwing some curveballs at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, it was somewhat unpredictable. You know, ZHA getting a proper go at the singles win again. This is where he truly stood out as a singles wrestler in New Japan back in 2018 when he won the tournament. Uh, and now he's getting another go of it. You know, Dangerous Tiger doing their own thing for a wee while. Uh, and Naito, I thought, was completely ruled out of like, going as far as he did because he was the most recent person to to lose to Okada. So I thought like he'll, be, he'll get to like, the third or like, even the semi-finals. But I didn't think he'd actually make the final. Uh Let's talk about the two guys' journeys. We'll talk about Naito's first. Uh, Naito got uh, his first round. He met Yujiro Takashi of the House of Torture, getting a match that we were uh, denied in the best that match that we were denied in the G1 climax in Naito's injury at the hands of ZSJ. Uh, and then he went on to defeat Gero, Tanahashi, Jeff Cobb, and Okada. So he, he beat some heavy hitters as he went along, uh, including the world heavyweight champion. Uh, so I think maybe one of my favourite finishes of the whole tournament was the way uh, the Yujo and Naito match ended where it seemed like Yujo was going against the House of Torture and then went like I want to win the Samoan and I went nah we'll blow them and then think oh you bastard and then Naito <laughs> caught him with a roll up and outsmarted him I know I'm, I'm going to say something really bold here especially when we're talking about Yujiro there House of Torture, now we have shat on them for absolute ages because they have been the worst thing, but there's been something actually kind of enjoyable about them lately. It's like they've finally found a bit of a stride, uh, things like evil wrestling, like evil again. Um, mm-hmm. And I do I do feel like that Naito and Yujiro match wasn't actually that bad an opener for the two of them. I, I thought it was an enjoyable match. Yeah, I mean, when Naito got injured at the hands of ZSJ, obviously Zach uh, didn't mean to injure him, but the very next match that Naito was scheduled to have, I believe, was it might be against Yujiro or one of the next matches he was meant to get was against Yujiro and the whole story of them being teammates uh, in the past. So we were kind of robbed of that and then we got this. But yeah, I think because they did that swerve of him telling Evil that to go away before hitting the low blow himself meant there was very limited house of torture or interference. And, you know, who would have thought it when you don't do the same 15 bollocks interference as low blow spots in every match? that people actually enjoy seeing you wrestle. And who'd have actually thought it just takes a little bit of legitimate wrestling? Who'd have thought? <laughs> who'd have thought? Who would have, not me. <laughs> not me either. And who would have thought this past month that out of all the guys in House of Torture, the one I would find most horrible this month would have been you, Jerome. <laughs> not me. I never would have seen it. <laughs> right. what, do you, what do you think of the whole thing with Naito getting most of his wins in this tournament by roll-up? Like how he was just—it wasn't just about like hitting the desk, you know. But he was basically every time he saw an open, he was taking advantage and catching his opponents kind of off guard. Like similar like the call one where he beat Jeff Cobb, it was a very similar finish to you know their match from Wrestle Kingdom. I enjoyed it. Um, it felt like a different side of Naito rather than always getting the desk, you know. And that it just felt like something. He was being a bit more fly, a bit more crafty. It's like mm-hmm. he, he realizes he's in the tournament. He can't expend all his energy going all out every time, so he's he's been sensible about it. Um, and like you know, he still had some pretty decent length matches because let's face it, Knight loves himself a long match, but not as long as what he usually does. Uh huh. Yeah, he, he didn't. 
He didn't uh, push it and try and go for a draw because we know, obviously, we've only got 30 minutes time limit per match for each of these uh, New Japan Cup matches. Uh, then him getting the win over Okada was special because, again, the further along Okada got in the tournament, I was surprised they were having him go as far as they did, you know. Uh, it was different when the, the world champions like competing and getting wins in the G1 because, obviously, single nation is going further and further closer to the final. And I thought, is he, are they going to have the winner actually beat Okada and then do a rematch? Because that would be a weird decision. And then Naito, the guy who just lost to Okada, uh, the guy who just lost to Okada, ends up getting the, the win. Because I don't know about you, but that semi-final match was a hard one to call because it felt like we'd just seen this. It was. It was like I was like, we've we've just had this match like literally within like what, the last four weeks, so it did mm. feel a bit. A bit on the nose. I did see Chris Charlton um, kind of talk about it as well because a lot of people were like, "Does this mean Naito get instantly gets another rematch at Okada down the line?" But it, it's not always the case. It makes a mm-hmm. strong point for it, but it's not a case of J- New Japan don't always go to that well. They just kind of do it at other times. But because they got the cup, we don't need to worry about that in this case. So we should hopefully be cooled off on Naito and Okada. I'm hoping till at least after the summer. Mm-hmm. I think the story with Naito through this and like when he was similar, the same thing Chris and Kevin talked about when he was challenging Okada back in February that, you know, Naito every year wants to be in the, the Risk Kingdom main event and like he was disappointed he couldn't get it this year. So now his goal is by any means necessary to get to the main event of next year's Risk Kingdom. So he's, even if he didn't win this tournament and whether or not he wins the, the G1, He's still having a back of his mind at some point. I got that one over Okada. And if Okada's still champion post G1, we might see a wee Okada Naito match on the lead up to Wrestle Kingdom as Naito's kind of like, well, if I can't go as the number one contender, I'll go in as the champion. Aye, there's there's definitely there's there's miles left in that as long as they cool off things for a while and don't don't burn us out on it. Which thankfully New Japan seem to be for the most part quite sensible about. But we shall mm-hmm. see. Yeah, we shall see. But let's talk about the man who you know, claims that uh, George Michael himself appeared before him, like Ben Kenobi before Luke Skywalker, telling him to use the Techers CSG. Uh, going through, obviously, relatively, like even Steve Wonder could see him getting through his, his first match against the Lion Oyo. Uh, but then he went against uh, Doki's former stablemate. You know, unfortunately, the Doki Chokis is of no no use against a man who invents a new finishing submission move with every match, it seems like, with an even more ridiculous name. Uh, he went through Okan, he went through that prick Will Osprey, uh, and then he met back with his old foe, a guy who had some great matches with last year in Shingo Takagi in order to, to get to the final. It's weird that at some point, at one point in the tournament, it felt like there was the possibility of an all-LIG main event for the final. I know. I mean, we were we were very close to getting like either a Naito Shingo final or a Naito Hiromu final, which either mm-hmm. one would not have complained. That definitely would have been quite happy with that. But it was absolutely beautiful watching ZSJ do his thing because pretty much like ZSJ just won every match via submissions and stoppages, um, other than other than the final itself, which was a beautiful bit of storytelling to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And also, there's a, a story to be told, yeah, whether or not he comes out as world champion or not, with him and Will Osprey potentially, is with Zach Moore as a tweener against Osprey, because Osprey's claiming that 
no, I was trying to punch feeling back in my knee. I wasn't tapping out, and he was protesting it and protesting it. Uh, so if DSJ comes out as the champion, uh, or whatever he's the champion or not, it could be interesting because if he doesn't win the world title, I can see him basically going after Osprey and saying, I know you you beat me for that very pro belt, but I fucking made that belt, so I want it back. I mean, I get Will Osprey's case there, but Will Osprey can go and suck my balls after what he done to Sanada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll come back to Sanada. It was a, it was a great tournament for some LIJ members and a nightmare for some uh, some other ones, unfortunately. But yeah, so both of them like they had some easy going and maybe the first two rounds, but then third round onwards they were taking on like some heavy hitters, both having to go through members of the United Empire as well at one point. Uh, and then Shingo ZSJ that could have went either way as well because Shingo was one of my guys that I had down to to win the whole thing. I was like, I'll, my whole thing is basically going to be I'm just going to pick Shingo to win any tournament he's involved in until he finally wins one. Because, you know, best of Super Juniors, G1, New Japan Cup, every tournament he appears in, even when he was briefly in the, the World Tag League, he still puts on a great performance. He's gonna, I'm going to be right one of these days. I'm going to forget about the 20 times I was wrong. I'm just going to be relevant on the one time I was right. It's it's a matter of time, I think, with Shingo. It's, it's a case of he's the right guy, he's definitely built for tournament wrestling as well because he just puts on banger after banger and pretty much every shingle match and every ZSJ match this whole tournament and then the one where they finally competed against each other was beautiful watching, like there was just nothing wrong like shingle and Ishii opening oh oh, Gian is the big oh. hit right off the get go uh, 100% these are two guys where every time you see them in the ring together you know it's going to be painful, but it'll be beautiful at the same time. <laughs> and with Shingo, I know, like you can say, he, he already had the match a few months ago back at Wrestle Kingdom, but it felt like enough time had passed that they were going to, they could go, they could run Shingo Okada again, and people would be interested, and I certainly would, but ZSJ decided to give him the shot, uh, go with somebody who's not really been in that scene uh, recently. And it really felt like a bit of a rubber match between Shingo and and Zach because I know they said oh they fought years ago in WXW but you had the thing where ZSJ made Shingo tap out in the G1 then Shingo successfully defended the world title at Power Struggle against ZSJ so again it felt like a bit of a rubber match they've got their own we you know that, that kind of this on again off again thing with, with uh, Sanada for ages but now it feels like he's moving on to Shin Shingo is his latest member of LIG that he keeps having bangers with. Aye, that's I could like I know like it's you don't want to overdo a match, but at the same time I'm like giving them a game soon. I could I could honestly mm-hmm. watch them because their their kind of styles go so well. Zach's always trying to outsmart him because he knows that if he gets hit by Shingo, he's going to feel it and he's going to see George mm-hmm. Michael again sooner rather than later. <laughs> uh, well, let's go into the actual final itself. You know, uh, I was a bit slow to get started with it because we all know that. You know, Naito likes to, to take his time. And, you know, for the most part, I could kind of feel like it feels like it has to be Zach here. You know, surely they're not going to run Naito Okada again so soon. You know, they, they could and they have done in the past, but like, surely they won't. And then I was watching Zach with every submission he was getting. And then uh, it seemed like Naito was actually going to get the one with Destino this time around. But yeah, this time around, Zach. For the first time in, I can't remember how long, he actually got a, a win by pinfall using the Zack driver, which is uh, 
I'm sure he's done it before, but seeing Sack win by pinfall is like what, seeing a unicorn because he's such a so well versed in the submissions, and that's what he's known for. That whenever he doesn't win by submission, you're like, huh? You kind of uh, it kind of takes you second to process that. Uh, that's it's like seeing Zach win that way. It is it is a rare thing because let's face it, he always finds ways to like fold people up like pretzels and make it look un, 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 uncomfortably painful, but. Mm-hmm. When he breaks it to Zack Driver, it is something special and, you know, fair play, him and Knight will put on a great match and ZSJ completely deserved to win the cup because he just, he's looked a million bucks and to be honest, as soon as he brought George Michael's ghost into it, they won it for me. They won my heart. <laughs> Use the techers. Yes. Use the techers. Because uh, it's ironic that he won all these matches by submission and the New Japan Cup, but he won it in 2018. All the while having Taka by his side, and it was in the lead up to his match against Okada then that he was given the Zack Driver, and now all these years later he's won his second one using the Zack Driver. At the same, all the while the guy who handed him the move, Taka Michinoku, can't seem to win a match to save his own fucking life at the minute. <laughs> the the uh, ZSJ gets the the one with the Zack Driver after giving a fucking Pele kick so hard. I, I thought I could see Tango's soul leave his body, hitting so hard. Uh, and just drives them down with the with the Zack driver gets the win. You got a very touching moment between uh, between Tai Chi and ZSJ after the after the match, and then yeah, Zach talks about another thing with George Michael's like, I'm not bothering you. I'm not, sorry, George, I'm not bothering you. Well, yes, I'm about to play around a golf with Prince. <laughs> I've already used the tickets. Oh, all right then. How do you use the Zack driver then? I don't care. I I'd like to point out some very glorious long term storytelling here as well, and the fact that in 2018. He won the New Japan Cup, and he complained that the beer was warm. <laughs> this time, this time he won, and lo and behold, the beer was cold. There's your long-term like, storytelling. He's like, it's like CM Punk in his journey to get ice cream bars. Honestly, <laughs> I know. I just like the faces on both of them. Like, oh, the beer's actually the beer's actually cold here. And I think there was a time where the Ian Taichi won a match and they looked backstage went, where's the beer? The only thing worse than there being no beers here is the only thing worse than having warm beers is having no bloody beer at all. Like, we come back, we won a match and you don't have any beer for us. Oh, it was just it was beautiful. I absolutely loved it. But yeah, that, that whole sort of like, really, the, the, this whole cup, despite being kind of feeling about 48 people, maybe a bit much, it, it was still, it's been a very, very enjoyable New Japan Cup. Yeah, and you know, it makes a change from, from last year when, you know, we should be happy as a British wrestler, you no know, winning at, uh, a guy gene winning it, but it was having to be Will Osprey, so, like, fuck you, Will. And then this year, Zach managed to beat Will on his way there, which is ironic because well, uh, Zach lost to Will on Will's way when the tournament, but Zach got his own in. He broke Osprey's nose on the way there. Uh, so then Zach gets the win back over to Osprey, wins the tournament, and we couldn't be happier. It's the one time, exact, and by extension, Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton are the only time I'll accept you in the phrase "it's coming home." <laughs> Definitely, I, I, it's it's my only exception to hearing it as well. Um, another thing I'd, I'd seen like during a lot of the sort of the celebrations on Twitter, and um, Chris Charlton is quite quick to clamp down. We should not be using the term "gaijin" anymore. It's seen as quite derogatory. They're trying uh, to back away from that terminology. So we we'll, we we apologise, Chris, if you listen to this, that we used the word again. Oops. I'm sorry. 
I'll put a dollar in the jar every time I accidentally say him. Uh, I did We're going like, to Disneyland. <laughs> I do. I did like uh, Kevin Kelly saying, turning Chris Charlton saying, "What is it with you Brits in these tournaments? Three, three out of the last five or so, he said uh, tournaments. Uh, New Japan Cups have been won by a British guy. So yeah, uh, 2018 Zach, 2021 uh, Wasby, and then 2022 Zach again. Uh, so there you go." And I think before Zach had, like I say, I think the only the only Kaijin Zach in there that won the New Japan Cup before Buddy Zach won it. I'm pretty sure fucking Albert is giant Bernardo won it. So that's a weird class of people. Like non-Japanese guys to win the New Japan Cup. Giant Bernard, ZSA, well, it's the only time you'll be in the conversation with those two. Aye, definitely. It's it's th- this really cements like Saber as an all-time great. Like getting into that upper echelon, definitely. I never said so. Obviously, we're all happy to see what happens. Uh, we're all happy for Zach Sabre Jr. getting that win. You know, getting a proper go as a singles star in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he will face uh, Okada at the fantastically named Hyper Battle this Saturday. Uh, not, not totally not. The subtitle for an upcoming Power Rangers season from the sounds of it. But, but am I really saying that from what I've seen, like only two of the Hyper Battle Tour shows have been televised because they aired the show from the force and then they're just going to air the one on Saturday? Yeah, they've never had too many of them go up on New Japan World. Um, they've kind of, the, the tours kind of felt, other than the fact that they're bigging up the main show, which itself is bloody stacked, the rest of it's kind of felt quite, quite a low key affair. Everything's kind of mm-hmm. went a wee, bit, a wee bit quiet, but I think to an extent New Japan also know that it's WrestleMania weekend and stuff like that just passed. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we, we, can't, we can't exactly compete with that, so we'll just we'll keep things kind of low-key at the moment. Let them, ha- let them have their fun. Let them have their Johnny Knoxville's and their Sami Zayn's, which, by the way, was brilliant. Oh, yeah, it was. It was I even said on Central, my, I, I listed the Johnny Knoxville match as my favourite night of night too. Like... Over Edge versus like AJ, which for some people who are they only get from a pure wrestling perspective, yeah, maybe. But I I know some people don't like the phrase, but I was thoroughly sports entertained by joining Knoxville and Sami Zayn. As as was I, as was I. <laughs> <laughs> but then also the first major show outside to be after WrestleMania will be a hyper battle, and we'll get a breakdown the card for that in a second. But let's talk a lot more about the New Japan Cup itself. When I talk about Okada, like I said, he didn't go out till the same final that he was determined to win it, despite being the champion and pick his own opponent. Uh, and the comedy was getting hyped up, obviously. Okada's track record, obviously, very successful in the Japan Cup in the past when he's been the competitor. And they said that, you know, when, if, he, if you don't get him in the first round, then there's very little stopping him. Uh, Okada beat El Desperado in an absolute banger in the opener, uh, opening rounds. He beat likes of uh, Shima. I beat Master Watto, and he got to. He obviously, eventually fell to Naito. Do you think that uh, Okada maybe got further than he should have, or are you have are you fine with him going to the semi? I, I think it was. I, I think it was the right call with Okada because at the end of the day, he is the champion. You don't want him going out too early. If if if, if anyone was to take him out earlier than where he did go out. I would have, I would have loved it to have been Tai Chi. That would have been mm-hmm. very poetic about that. Um, what I did love as well, I don't know if you kind of picked up on it as well, but when he beat El Desperado and how he beat Wato, 
his characteristics could not have been any more different. Like El Desperado, he pro- he showed proper respect for, and mm-hmm. Watto he treated like a little bitch. <laughs> I know, despite Watto also being a champion of you know, the being the junior one half of the junior heavyweight tag team champions, but uh, obviously still being fairly young, old guy just kind of looked a bit down on him. But even then, it's hard to complain how he treated him. When we all, everybody in the ground could tell that Master Watto was unlikely to beat Okada. But, you know, I like to get, get the fact that they held off a day in like the junior heavyweight, heavyweight champion match from the anniversary, so they had the two tag teams go at it, which, by the way, in itself was also a, a hell of a match. Uh, but they, they saved that for the first round of the New Japan Cup, and, you know, he didn't win, but much like when he had that match with Ibushi for the tail, this battle showed that regardless of, like, division, he's still one of the best they've got. Oh, El Desperado and Okada was absolutely phenomenal. I could not have been any happier with that match unless El Desperado actually won it. But mm-hmm. yeah, like it, it made Okada go all the way and go and take take it as far as he could. Um, and I did love that like Okada had done it proper, hit him out the proper way. Whereas when he pinned Watley, done it with like one foot or a hand or what, it was just like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you are a little bitch. Goodbye. <laughs> You mean nothing to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if anyone was, I do get, I get what you're saying about if anyone was going to beat him, yeah, you would have liked to see it be tied to you because then you could have told uh, the, a little story of when Zach won, of him maybe promising tied to a title shot for, for beating the former champion. Uh, but if anyone was going to get the, the upset win over Okada, I actually would have liked to see what would have happened if they'd had Shima get the win over Okada because they had a a hell of a match well and Shima uh, really had some of my favourite matches in this tournament where he had that match with Taka in the first round he fought uh, he got the win over Goto which a lot of people were claiming was a, a big a surprise in the tournament because uh, I think they're all into this little inter-promotional thing that they've been doing to celebrate the 50th year so I thought they could have continued that by maybe Shima getting a, a title shot later on down, later on down the road because Strong Arts were featured heavily towards the end of the tour you know, we've got El Edwin Kitts and that he wants to fight El Desperado for the junior title. Uh, you can make a case that these guys should get a shot that has the torture for the six-man belts, which I'd like to see. Oh, God, yes. Give me that six-man tag match. That would be absolutely <laughs> fucking beautiful. But yeah, Shima being our only surprise in the tournament for entrance, and yeah, he, he looked amazing. He absolutely went for it. The match we go to was it's definitely my top five matches in the tournament. As they are all of the like also the media used by a lot of people, but the way he does it, like when he did that blindside one where he has a guy sitting down and he does it from the back, looks very sore. Uh also of Ellen Devin, the title that he's got from the Glade promotion is called the T Rex Championship. Which sounds like something you would have made when you were a kid if you wanted to make your own belt in one of the WWE games. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. It was, it was, and that just beautiful. Just the t- <laughs> give, give us a, please, please make the T Rex Championship be defended everywhere. I would love to. I would love to them to come over here so I could hold that belt for a picture. It's beautiful, <laughs> fucking massive, and all. Like, oh, I mean, I created, I mean, I created myself in the WWE game, and I made myself the T Rex champion. Champion. Uh, oh my god, someone could actually make that in two K twenty two. That'd be fucking brilliant. <laughs> I, I would, but that would mean him to actually buy the game and I, don't, and I haven't even got it yet. 
Like you can imagine just someone like creating it and then pinning the Undertaker to win the T Rex Championship and be like, I pinned a dinosaur to win the actual T Rex belt. Another <laughs> uh, uh, key moment from the New Japan Cup is uh, when Tamatonga took on Evil, and I believe it was around the second round. Which is where we officially got where the built where Bullet Club started. We thought there's going to be some more people siding with different people because uh, G.O.D. were kicked out of Bullet Club officially by Jay White back at Impact's No Surrender. But uh, basically, they made the claim that everybody sides with Jay White. So not only did G.O.D. get kicked out, but Jado got kicked out as well, betrayed by his friend of 30 years, Gado. Uh, and everybody, even Thali, like I think uh, Tanai had a, a tree would be say like, like even you, Thali, because obviously those two were founding members of Bullet Club, but Basically, everybody was united. Uh, I think part of the reason it's made House of Torture less uh, intolerable is that them doing like stuff that the rest of Bullet Club aren't doing. But no, everybody in Bullet Club's now being just as despicable as each other. So it makes the House of Torture less annoying. Yeah, the like like the G- the God turn um, was one that when I saw how it went down in America, I was like, okay, this is a big fucking surprise. I did not see this coming out. This is kind of came out of nowhere. But then suddenly when that came out of nowhere and they came to Japan as faces, the crowd is fucking loving it. And I'm, I'm loving it. Especially now that we have the Ass Masters of Destiny. <laughs> or or the Grills of 69, as I like to call them. Uh, also fantastic. Yeah, I'm playing their actual team name. And, you know, the match they're discussing who's the 6 and who's the 9 in that equation. But yeah, and also the fact that uh, you know Jado, you know he was master here for me to say to stay loyal to those two, uh, which meant that obviously Gato being loyal to Jay White turned on him as well, and yeah, now they're kind of in like the Hontai group, uh, so they've kind of been accepted by the Ass Masters and even Tanahashi's teams alongside them, and already and already made a bunch of reference, but I messaged you saying. Like seeing God Tana and the yeah, Athmaster standing beside each other, it's like whenever the Perringers would do like the crossover episodes between the current season and the season that came before them. It's it's just one of those like wild wild things that if you'd asked me like a, a year or two ago, I'd be like, "Sorry, what the fuck are you smoking? What are you tripping balls? Tell me this, and you're telling me Tana Hashi's in on this as well. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> And I was like, yeah. oh my god, it has actually happened. <laughs> yeah. It's real, it's happening. <laughs> but uh, I kind of feel bad though for G.O.D. because <laughs> then they spent the rest of the tour alongside the Athmasters pretty much getting their arses handed to them by the Bullet Club. Aye, that's, that's it. Like they've, they've, really, they've really had a rough time of it. But mm. this ain't over. It ain't over yet. Uh, eventually we're going to get that G.O.D. Uh, Briscoe's and uh, no, the G.O.D. Good Brothers like payoff. We got it, and we got the the match at no surrender. But then we got Jay White getting involved. Eventually, they're going to get the their win over them, and eventually Jay White and Gato are going to get their asses into them as well. Uh, and I look forward to seeing when that happens. Also, like well, like to be this turn is when you had different members come out and you see, oh, whose side are they on, and they, they show you whose sides they re- each of them are on. It seemed like some of the guys in Bullet Club were going to side against House of Torture, and then all the El Desperado. And ever since he got exposed, he hasn't been able to hit the super kick. First time he makes the super kick, he super kicks Tana, uh, Tama Tonga. Uh, honestly, God, the, the fact that he done that, like, ELP, you you gimp. You absolute <laughs> gimp. 
I told you, he's, he's a master of dickbaggery. No one does it better. Oh, than you will have top tier shit house rate. You can count on the LP. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, something a bit sadder though. Uh, fortunately, after getting a a buy through the first round, uh, you had okay. Yeah, Sanada getting a win over Hanare uh, in the second round, and then we went on to face uh, Will Osprey, unfortunately suffering a, an orbital bone injury during the match. I'm assuming he was still meant to lose because uh, Osprey did the whole thing where he held up. Sanada's US belt along with his rare pro British title. But uh, matched that end by referee stoppage, and it was later announced that uh, Sanada was injured. They haven't really determined how long he will be out for. I know in New Japan they have a longer kind of brief window of like how long you can go between defences, so they haven't stripped him of the US title uh, as of time recording. But as I suck, you know, Sanada. He looked cool as anything. He looked a lot more confident when he had that US belt on his shoulder and then just to have this happen to him. I've been following it very closely. He has had surgery to repair the orbital itself and he did share a picture on his Instagram afterwards um, recently and you can see it is quite swollen. He says that he can't stop crying out that high because of the, the way it is, but they've not said anything about taking the belt off him. Um, from what I've read online, orbital repair and getting back into the ring could probably be anything up to like 12 weeks so I'm kind of I'm kind of keeping my fingers crossed that they'll maybe turn around and go look yes we have a couple of shows before Best of Super Juniors but because Best of Super Juniors now become up in May we can afford the time off and not strip mm-hmm. him of the belt because if not I'm going to be a very very unhappy man I'll probably cry in the corner of my room for a good few days getting over that and blame Will Ospreay for everything yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually already quite fun to play Moloss for friends and even things he's not involved in, but it's just fun. Uh, easy as well. It's uh, but it's when you see how it happened as well. It was it was just it was just going too fast. Um, mm-hmm. Like I don't know if you if you if you've ever watched like the slow motion replay, but if Osprey had just repositioned himself, he wouldn't have landed knee first on in Sanada's face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I heard about the injury before the match happens. I figured it was like a hidden blade gone wrong, but then I seen the moment where he comes in with the knees, and you see how Sonata falls. Like, uh, it, it's a rough thing to actually watch. But, uh, but with the best doing, he's got a bit more time to recover. And you know, you got to give him a bit of leeway. They let John Moxley keep the belt for a year, despite I know there was a pandemic and everything on, but he had a, he had a show in the US, and I know he was on AEW, but. He was in the same country as as a show you were doing with Kenta, just poor, poor Kenta waiting for ages for him to, to call him back and tell him when he could get his title match. But, you know, so if you, if you don't strip him of the belt, but you strip Sonada, we, we will be having words. Justice for Sonada. That will be the hashtag that I will be starting. So... So I'm trying to go a bit more positive, you know, with what happened in the Japan Cup. Well, so these are some of the major uh, you know, moments that happened. We talked a bit about, about Okada's run along with Shima's as well, and also uh, the direction of our two winners. Let's talk, tell me about some of the other like favourite moments or matches from uh, the tour, anybody else across this vast field of 46 that stood out to you. There's, there's two matches that stand out to me um, that I felt were really fantastic. Um, one was Hiromu vs Evil. I actually thought that was a brilliant match. Mm-hmm. Played off things really well. Um, it had Evil 
wrestling the way Evil used to wrestle. It reminded me of old school LIJ Evil, and I really enjoyed that match. And before that, Hiromu and Suzuki. Hiromu done it. He beat the scariest bastard alive. <laughs> Hiromu fears no man. Uh, Hiromu had a hell of a journey in the New Japan Cup uh, this year. Uh, like he beat Sho in the first round, then he got to fight Suzuki in Evil, being evil with his own move, everything is Hiromu, eh, it's now be called. And then it falls to his fellow soulmate, eh, Shingo. But like, I don't think we've even got a chance to see those two face up because well, like Shingo came in the junior division when Hiromu was injured and graduated up soon after the heavyweight. And so it's the first time you probably get to see those two go at it. And I was not disappointed, you know. He had Shingo shown respect, and you could see a little bit in Hiromu's eyes. He was sad to not go forward to, to the semi-finals. But, you know, this is the second time he's been in the New Japan Cup. You know, he got to the semis last time in 2020. It goes to show that, you know, even if you don't let him in the G1 as a, a junior, Hiromu should be allowed to wrestle more regular the heavyweight than compete in the New Japan Cup, because that's when you get matches like this. I mean, last time he was in it, we got fucking bangers against Okada and Tomoyoshi uh, out of them. Um, you got to take a, take into this as well that Hiromu has beat the Ring of Honor TV champion. Because mm-hmm. Suzuki is the Ring of Honor TV champion at this at this point now. Wasn't at the time when they had the match, but he is now. So yeah. that's a big one. And also a favourite moment which has happened recently, not quite in the cup, but just after it is when they broadcast Hiromu having a sleepover in Kurakan Hall for eight hours. <laughs> As you do. It was literally him in a sleeping bag in the middle of the empty hall for eight hours. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Ah, uh, 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 what are you going to do? What can you do? Eh? Uh, so yeah, that would be <laughs> interesting because we should mention, yeah, uh, big, we're going to mention the big goings on in the US uh, a little bit, but this first one I want to mention is a... Uh, not to look at winning the, the TV title from Reptiles back at Supercard of Honor, which just seemed to be established Ring of Honor guys against, oh look, Tony Khan's bringing in so and so, either from AEW from Japan to fight them. Uh, and poor Red Tice, you know, it was made a big moment when he won the title at Final Battle and they said, oh, your first major defense, the scariest man we could find. And I even said to you that I was shocked when they said it was his first title in the US, given not only how long he's been around, but the fact. He's won both the tag title and the Red Pro British title. So he can win belts in the UK, but he's never won a belt till now in the US, which uh, it shocks me. Uh, but you know, Suzuki is going to go on a hell of a tour of murder with that TV title. It's going to be fun. It's definitely going to be so much fun. Mm-hmm. He has got a big match announced recently coming up for the New Japan show. It hasn't been announced as team for the TV title, but it but I wouldn't complain if it was for the TV title, but I'll circle around, back around to that match. But I'd agree with you, a rematch between him and Suzuki, between Hiromu and Suzuki, would be, like, I would not complain. For me, some of Shingo's matches, obviously, the opener with Tomohiro Ishii was stellar. Uh, getting, getting to see him interact with ZSJ again. Even the match with, uh, with Chase Owens, even though you wouldn't expect it to be as uh, entertaining, but the fact that they were saying that Shingo's neck was bothering him and so Chase kept trying to tease that he was going to hit the package pile driver and also both men kept claiming they could beat the other one in under five minutes. I thought I added a nice wrinkle to the match. But 
Also, even though I don't like Will Osprey, his match with El Fantasmo, no, this is pre Fantasmo finding the the guts to hit the super kick again. It, it just felt like you know you could and you could just watch this match in isolation and be told, oh yeah, this is a match from like the, this year's best of Super Juniors, and you wouldn't notice a difference in the style these guys wrestled. Uh, absolutely, absolutely unreal. I mean, this New Japan Cup was just banger after banger after banger, even from people you don't expect to get your bangers from. We got bangers with plenty of mash. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, they said they like last time they fought was like 2019 over like the junior heavyweight title. So it's nice to see the two kind of mix up again. You know, even like you said, people you wouldn't expect, like people in the junior division got a chance to shine. Uh, like with Karamaru getting that match against Shima, even though he lost, Karamaru looked incredible in that match. Uh, you know, he got uh, Evil taking on Buddy Taguchi, and Taguchi had his own Evil cosplay. <laughs> that was brilliant. I love the well, I love the that Kevin Kelly kept trying to make you think that maybe that wasn't Taguchi under there up until the moment he took the mask off. And he had his bloody Robert Pattinson Batman-esque eyeshadow on. Honestly, I was howling at that. Could not believe what I seen. I was like, this is amazing. This is top-level <laughs> character work. Uh, uh, God love you to get you. Never change. But that has been the, uh, the New Japan Cup. Uh, overall, final thoughts on the, the tournament itself. You know, not just the, this on the ZSJ winner, but are you, despite the fact that they gave us a bigger field than we asked for, are you still happy with it? Um, I, I can I can say overall, I'm very pleased with how this tournament went. I would probably prefer them go back to the 32 man next year, unless they were going to give us more more in the way of surprises. But honestly, I can I couldn't really complain about this tournament. It actually worked out really well and was very enjoyable. Yeah, I agree. I mean, let us be like when they did the. The four-man rumble. They did it once and they never did it again. I mean, hopefully you want to expand the field because of the 50th anniversary and everything like that. But let's let's go back to 32. 32 is enough for us to, to follow along with. But so we'll go into hyper battle. Let's uh, hopefully we've got this up on the Friday. So tomorrow when you're hearing this, so we have a chance to give our thoughts on some of the matches on the show before they become a re- completely irrelevant. And because uh, you've already seen the show. We'll go from the top kind of down. We have the main event of DFT versus Okada. Obviously, Okada and DFT have won at it before when Zag won the New Japan Cup back in 2018. But Okada was still on his whole, you know, no one can beat me up until I have a hour and a half match against Kenny Omega kind of run. But, you know, things are a bit different now. You know, the IWGP World Heavyweight title has actually flipped a bit more frequently than you'd expect before because of how the, that title started off. So, obviously, Okada's not in the same run he was in 2018, but you think, you know, that makes it, you know, more likely that Zach would win, or do you want feel like it's going to be more the same and Okada's going to hold on to that belt? Something tells me Okada's going to hold on to it. The, uh, the record is 2-1 to Okada in their singles matches. The one that ZSJ did when he won on home soil rather than being away, but... Then again, that that could motivate him this time. He seems like a different guy now from what he was four years ago. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's out of the question that Sabre could win it. But if he wins it, the big obstacle to me is can he hold on to it 
until the Wrestle Kingdom. That I'm not too sure on. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm the same. Uh, I mean, that going from like tag team at you know Wrestle Kingdom to win the world title wouldn't be the strangest thing because you had seen other people come out of nowhere to win the title. Looking at you, Evil. But, you know, at least Zach had some present for being a a world title contender. So it's kind of a brain ahead be heart thing because your head is telling you Okada is going to retain, but deep down you know who you want to to win it, and I think that's what's going to make the match so. Great, good to watch. So like, it'll keep with what will keep you like so invested in the match and that thinking, you know, like Jim Carrey. So you're saying there's a chance that ZHJ could win. As long as there's a chance, you'll keep watching. That's it. Uh, as long as there's a chance um, and the match doesn't look like a foregone conclusion, then it, to me, even it's all about the journey with this match because. Uh-huh. As long as it comes out, like Saber might not win the match, but as long as he comes out of it looking great, I'm I'm happy with that. As long as it doesn't damage Saber's image, that's a big thing for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I doubt that uh, I doubt that Okada would treat Zack Sabre Jr. the way you treat a a master bottle. And if he tried to, Zack would make him pay for it. But you know, I want to know what new submission move with a bizarre name will Zack invent for this one because. You sent me this after he beat the great old can. He beat him with a submission that's apparently called You Can't Play Conquerors in England. Exactly. And I've I've been thinking about that ever since that. What would he call his next one? And I feel just because the the actress did die recently that his next one would probably be like named after Dot from EastEnders because we've had Barry from EastEnders. <laughs> so I get the feeling he'll have something themed after Dot. I think just I imagine he'll have some sort of like head and arm move called uh, Dissecting a Rabbit because there was that fucked up story about how as a child she just dissect rabbits or whatever which is a completely normal thing to happen you know I would suppose they had, they had different ways of entertaining themselves when she was when she was young yeah that was a little bit what the fuck like, I know you were a child like 90 years ago and you know toys were different back then but you can't have been that bored if that's what you were into I know nowadays when folks play with a toy rabbit, it's something completely different than usual for eighteen and ups. <laughs> and they definitely do not want to take it apart; they want to keep it entirely in one place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh we are absolute reprobates. <laughs> so yeah, head head says okay, a heart says Zach Saber Junior. <laughs> it's just, well, I think it's best we just move on. Uh, evil. Uh, well, the fan has never went to title against Hiromu after Hiromu got the win over Evil in New Japan Cup. And uh, shortly after a tag match, a couple of nights later, Evil and Dick Togo attacked. Uh, Hiromu got, choked him out. Evil just stared into his eyes as Dick Togo choked Hiromu out. All the while, Kevin Kelly and uh, Kevin Kelly and Chris Allen just giving Evil dogs abuse for it on commentary. But, you know, never title feels like a belt that would be good for Hiromu, you know, as we said, we want to see him more of the heavyweights, uh, even though the junior division would feel like it's a bit of a big loss if he, if he officially moved up full-time to heavyweight. So it feels like the, the best step for him. And it's kind of what Osprey did. You know, Osprey had a run with the never belt before. He's full-time run with the, as, the, as a heavyweight. So, you know, I'm fully behind Hiromu getting this title shot. It's not just because I, I like to laugh at evil losing. Yeah, this is um, this is a match that I'm looking forward to. Um, 
and my heart and my head are entirely behind Hiromu getting the win here because it could completely revitalise the never open weight title scene because mm-hmm. we've seen that Hiromu can go with the, be- the biggest and the best and also the smallest and yeah. it's just a beautiful beautiful thought of all the possible title matches that we could have with Hiromu and what, what would you call this one? Because like Mr. Belt was the, the junior heavyweight belt. Would this be like Mr. Belt 2? Would this be Brother Belt, Sister Belt? <laughs> Who knows? I want, I want to know. <laughs> Who knows? You know, I'm sure Aroma will tell us if he does come out on top uh, as a champion. But even if he does win the Never Tail, I still want to see him in Best of Super Juniors because he still comes out with that trophy to remind you that I won the last Best of Super Juniors. So, you know, he's, he's going to go in as a defending champion. That's it. There's like if he goes into the BOSJ with the the open way belt, it'll leave it leaves so many things open on the back of that. So yeah, yeah make it happen. Give us it. But let him defend against the, like a junior like the likes of a Doki or a Karamaru. Let those guys have a shot at it, and then let's let's have Ishii Horomo Ishii too for that belt because you know. It does feel like a rite of passage. You want to prove you can be never a white champion. You must have at least one match against Ishii. And Goto. <laughs> and Goto, yeah. But more so Ishii, it seems like. Uh, he's held that belt more than anybody. But like you said, we, we spent the last year and a half at least saying about how much the prestige and how much the status of the never belt had risen. And then Evil had to come along and piss all over our trips. So, please, Hiromu. Please take that belt off of the, that mean man. He's already got a, a six-man belt. He doesn't need to. He's just being greedy now. That's it. Make him drop it. Get it done with. <laughs> yeah. Get it Get it done with. So, yeah, we're definitely not biased at all. But sticking with juniors, the Ass Masters are making, I believe this will be the first official defence, and they'll be taking on an ever-constant in the junior division, the Bullet Club's cutest tag team, and Eldest Brad and Ishimori now. I know uh, Assmas has already took a big loss to the heavyweight tag champs back at back at the uh, anniversary show, but I, th- I think that you know Taguchi can still say he was a 16th champion. That no one could take that away from him, and so I think the door is open for the Bullet Club, and especially as they have like God in Assmas's corner, and then the other members of Bullet Club like Fally or Chase Owens around the ring. You know, shenanigans are plenty I foresee here. Yeah, something tells me there's going to be a, a bigger story wrapped up in all of this. Um, and it, 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 like, you know, could they? Could it be a case of God tries to help and accidentally costs them it? C- mm. Creates a bit of friction, keeps God on the outside, or did God successfully help them retain it and really cement that babyface turn and keep the fans happy? <laughs> yeah. It would- then costing like Phantasmo and that, especially after Phantasmo like had that super kick back at the New Japan Cup on Tama, would be a way for them to you know stick it back to Bullet Club for portraying them. But also, you know, I think uh, one for Bullet Club would you know further put the odds against them and like further get you behind you know God struggle to you know get back at the overcome the odds against Bullet Club and get back at them for portraying them. So I'm going to tentatively say. That because uh, I'd be happy with either result, but I'm tentatively saying that uh, Ishimori and Phantasm are going to steal this one. I am backing the Ass Masters for I am loyal to Duguchi. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
<laughs> I tell you that it's only the smallest of margins that I'm taking the cover over this because you know you never know. Even though Dick Toe goes, got other matches you're going to get involved in. You know, you can't. I can't. You know, for I can foresee him getting involved in here as well. He can't. You know, he can't help himself get involved because now everybody's on the same page. That prick is like he's in everybody's business. As a lot of women will say, you just never know when the dick's going to ruin your life. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing worse than some unsolicited dick. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, a match that's been billed as the uh, the semi main event for the show on New Japan's website uh, show basically been making uh, Desperados life miserable rather than just asking him for a title shot. He basically just said, I'm just going to cause havoc and make you know these tie matches hard to watch until you eventually just give in and let me have my title shot. So, show against uh, show against Desperado. What do you think? Does Desperado get to go into Super Juniors as champion or is, is show going to bring more gold to the House of Torture? To me, Show instantly deserves to lose for that outfit that makes him look like a shit Ivan Ooze. Oh, I should mention, how do you think the House of Torture felt that, uh, especially evil, that Edge stole their gear for his entrance at, at WrestleMania? The, like, the black coat with the purple through like, it did feel like, oh look, it's evil is showing up to, to WrestleMania. There was there was that, and there was also Brody King tweeted it saying, when you buy the House of Black off, Witch, off Wish, <laughs> which I thought was yeah. beautiful. And then I had immediately had to say to everyone, listen, I was just joking because people are like that on Twitter. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I like that, you know, I like that evil, uh, I like that Priest and Edge have clearly to the House of Torture for inspiration on their colour scheme. Uh, and as I said on, as I said on Central, I want uh, Edge and Demon Priest and whoever else joins this faction, whenever they come out for a match, they should be billed as hailing from the top of the mountain of omnipotence. <laughs> <laughs> That is that is a that is a that is a tongue twister and a half that <laughs> mountain of omnipotence. omnipotence. <laughs> if you can't pronounce it, it's the first step in proving that you don't belong on top of it. Clearly, we are mere mortals. But you know, like, same about his outfit. And aside, it's weird because like for ages, it's felt like you know she would inevitably be the junior heavyweight champion. But it's come at a time where he's just such a little shit, and you kind of. I mean, after all this time rooting for him, and now he's got this proper like one-on-one title shot again for the junior heavyweight title, and you're like, I, I can't be dealing with you. Like, please, please don't win this. I mean, when I when I look at this this match, I, and I I just want El Desperado to enter the best of super juniors as the heavyweight as the junior heavyweight champion because he has been through so much shit with that belt. Just just let the man have some peace. It's weird because like I was convinced that he, that show was going to win the junior was going to win the best of super juniors. So, so like the fact that he's got the title shot going before the the super juniors, part of me thinks that maybe I could see them trying to have Desperado win the super juniors to get them to chase the belt back, and and like whenever uh, whenever show comes out for a match during the super juniors, then it's like please somebody beat him. So that they can later get a title shot. Please save this junior heavyweight title from the House of Torture, because like I think like with Desperado, if he had to then get a rematch because he won the Super Juniors to get the title back for show, it kind of be like when Kushida lost the title to Hiromu back in 2017, won the Super Juniors, and then eventually got it back from him. 
So, like, maybe telling a story of, uh, you know, Desperado having to, you know, be put down by the House of Torture before rising back up, because it would also be nice for him to get that accolade of winning the Super Juniors, considering that, you know, he probably had a coming out party in the Super Juniors a couple of years ago, in, a couple of years ago against Hiroma. Aye, that's that's there, there. There is a story to be told there if they go down that route and show. Again, it's like the evil turn to begin with. Show never should have been put to the house of torture. Show should have had the junior heavyweight belt a long time ago as a face because they had the fire. Mm. And for but, some but, reason, Gado just decided to be a gimp. They do have one other big show in Japan before the studio. They got wrestling on Taku at Star in May. And I wouldn't mind like, if show wins and then be- between the this and the Super Junior show gets one defence at Don Taku and it's against you. You know, for Pongi Fiki for the title. God, that, that feud's never ending, isn't it? It will never, never end. Going to ne- it'll never end till someone dies. Like Triple H and Shawn Michaels in the early 2000s, it'll never end until they have a 40-minute Hell in a Cell match at some point. <laughs> uh. Oh, God. Please never let that happen. Never. I mean, the way, the way that the torture has been going on, winning belts, they maybe shouldn't have, with the exception of the six-man belts, they kind of, kind of suits them. But like, the way that they've been going right now, it does feel like a reign of terror, to be fair. No, it really Let fits the, the horror end. <laughs> Let it end. Uh, so I, I actually could see Show winning this, you know, but you know, I think it could be part of a, as long as it's part of a bigger story, which ultimately ends with Desperado getting the belt back, then I'd be all for it. But going on to a match, it's actually very interesting, you know, some new challengers for the tag titles. You know, Goto and Yoshihashi defending against uh, Native Empire's Great Okan and Jeff Cobb, who obviously had a great run the first time they teamed together in the World Tag League, but now they've been basically trying to they've basically been taking the right royal piss out of their name uh, and trying to get in their heads, like Jeff Gold coming out with fishing hats. Honestly, God, absolute fucking gold. Like the, the, oh, Cobb and O'Kan is a team that I really I'm really behind, and um, to me, O'Kan is now the greatest face of all time after what he'd done recently, and I don't know if you've seen about what they Mm-hmm. How he saved? How he saved the, the girl being assaulted? Yeah, it's weird. Like you hear about them saying it was assault, you think it would happen like somewhere in the street, but no. Like I think when you probably read the read uh, the article a bit further, they were they were in the house. He was in a, some. He was in someone's house, and someone was being assaulted. I don't know how that happened. And then the woman who he saved's mother asked him like who he was, or like, thanked him, and then he basically just said to her, "Please watch New Japan Pro Wrestling." Well, worker. Like the man, the man plugged the product. I thought that was absolutely. Honestly, it's like, how can we thank you for saving my for saving my daughter from a sexual predator? There is no thank you needed. Just watching New Japan Pro Wrestling, <laughs> king of sports. <laughs> I know. It feels like at that moment the big New Japan logo should come out with king of sports. <laughs> and just instead of the tiger in the middle, it's just Okan's face. I know, I know we shouldn't obviously joke about a serious situation. I mean, well, I mean, the fact that Okan was there means that obviously the situation was, you know, likely turned out better than it could have and obviously the guy was, was apprehended. 
Val, I'm wondering when he when he said the woman, did he hit the guy with the Mongolian chops? Oh my god. I could just imagine him stopping him like, hey, here you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It would only be complete if he did the full on shriek with it this thing. Honestly. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, being serious, like Okan doing that was just a beautiful thing and I I am more and more as times went on, especially with his work with Cobb, I am more and more on board with Okan and I'm backing them for this tag match. Yeah, as part of a tag team where it's him and Cobb or him with like uh, Hanari, it's you know, I'm definitely, you know, more interested in seeing them there than in like a singles capacity. And you know, clearly I'm not a fan of him as a wrestler, but after this story, clearly the man is is, is not to be trifled with and he's completely sound. So I could definitely see it happen. I think just for that, for for that, he they deserve to win. because uh, it would be interesting to see, you know, the Empire actually get some gold that other than like Osprey carried around that very pro belt. When you think about it, you can create a great tag team out of everybody in that team in that group. You've got Hanari and Okan, you could have Okan and Cobb, you know, Hanari and Osprey, Osprey and Cobb, you got Aussie Open, people seem to forget that they two are part of the Empire. But we will be reminded, as we'll talk about soon, we will be reminded mm-hmm. that Aussie Open are part of the United Empire because big things are happening. Oh, big things are happening indeed. So yeah, made no disrespect, Goto and Yushashi. I love Goto. I know we do like to take the fist out of Yushashi, but you know, Okan will take. Well, probably Okan and Cobb will probably take you both out, and then remember to play the product when they're done. <laughs> what workers? Always on the gimmick. Well, absolutely. Speaking of gimmicks, it does take us nicely into the KOPW match where Tai Chi will t- look to take out. Uh, uh, yeah, I know, which is great because it means in the, the Road 2 shows it doesn't mean Dangerous Tigers have got a team up again against Yano and Okada. Uh, I believe, I don't know if it's been made official, but the rules I proposed were a sumo match or another match that does involve some sort of drinking. A Cherry Blossom party match. Yes, that. <laughs> Yeah, I've got, I've, got the, I've got the rules up in front of me right now. The Cherry Blossom party matches. Both competitors must drink sake at two-minute intervals and return to the ring within a 20-count. Victory comes via pinfall, submission, or intoxication. Intoxication. <laughs> this honestly just sounds like the rules for Steven Stagg. <laughs> it very much does. I'm pretty sure uh, they proposed a similar match when Karamaru got a shot at the belt or the trophy. But... I don't know why I want to see more of those two. I want to see both of them. Can we do a combination of the two, like a civil slash drinking match of some sort? Because they say that Taiji's got a background in sumo, so that mixed with you know, Yano's amateur wrestling. It's either simulation just seems like pure gold can come out of this. I know. I, the more I look at it, the more I look at it, I, I, something tells me it's going to end up being the drinking one because the no rope one means that they'd have like three matches then they'd have to take the ropes down and then put them back up. So who who probably knows how this is uh, how that match is gonna go. Madness. Uh, but also it begins spit madness when it comes to, to Toriano and that KOPW twenty twenty original trophy. But that's a hell of a show for, for hyper battle, you know. And those are just the, the six matches. There's two other matches on the card on the card there. Time match about briefly mention them. You got Hanari and Osprey fighting Takagi and Naito. 
And we got Tanahashi, G.O.D. and Jaro v. Giro, Yujiro, Chase Owens and Bad Luck Valley. So we got some okay undercard kind of matches. And then from the third match onwards, it's title match, title match, title match, title match, title match. So a lot to digest and there'll be a lot to talk about uh, later in the month when we talk about Hyper Battle. But let's now nip back over to the US and that, that for those shows that we don't always get a chance to, to watch. But... This stuff's going to be definitely worth watching. When we do our next episode at the end of April, we will be talking about Lone Star, which at the time recording, I have not had a chance to see. But from I heard not nice things about the show from people who have seen it. I've seen little clips of it. I've not had a chance to watch the full thing. Um, but yeah, Lone Star did not go down very well. Apparently, like most of it didn't even get broadcast, which really yeah. annoyed people. You know, they had like... I think there were only five matches advertised for like Lone Star, and then they advertised two more matches, but those are matches that were being taped for a later episode of Strong, one of which included, one of which featured uh, Tom Lawler. So, again, Tom Lawler's the strong openweight champion, but he couldn't pick him in a proper singles match for his title on Lone Star. No, he had to have Carrying Cross or Killer Cross. Oh. Maybe I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think maybe WWE didn't do him that wrong. And uh, he's time there because, you know, that video that he, he did to challenge Suzuki for Lone Star, some of the worst editing I've ever seen in my life. I made movies, a couple of short films as a student at uh, Bank that had better editing than that vignette. Like, I'm starting to wonder, maybe you deserve to have that stupid gimp mask on. I, the, um, I'm not going to lie. Color, this is one match that I did watch and it sucked. <laughs> Although I do love the fact that Suzuki kept on calling Cross a young boy, and there's like if you're on the if you ever look in the New Japan website, there's a beautiful picture where Suzuki is clearly to hit Cross, and it is it's honestly it's like the Mona Lisa. It's a piece of art, <laughs> absolutely beautiful. But yeah, I I'll be honest. Um, before WWE, I was a fan of Cross. He had actually some pretty decent matches and then these. He went to WWE, he looked alright in NXT, then he had the injury, then they put him to the main roster, and at that point, it all went tits up. And it's never been right since, and especially when he joined that control your bloody narrative bullshit as well. Yeah, uh, well, I said about those lot, the better. But let's move on to the other shows that we've got coming up for New Japan Strong. I should mention this weekend they're doing a taping for their next uh, set of shows called Mutiny. And uh, I remember taking interest in that because uh, Hikaleo would say he wants to fight Jay White. So whether or not Hikaleo will stick with Bullet Club or eventually side with his brothers, we'll see. But there's actually some other great matches on this taping. Uh, we've got Ren Narita versus Chris Dickinson, David Finley versus Blake Christian. Uh, we've got a number of tie matches. We've got Clark Connors and Carford against Aaron Solo, Nick Camarado of AEW fame. Tommy Hiorishi will take on Big Demo. We've got Chris Bay and El Fantasma against Alex Zane and Christopher Daniels. And we've got the United Empire's Okan, Hanari and TJP taking on Brody King, Taylor Rust and Mascarada Dorado, the former Grand Metal League in WWE. Like, you look at that card, it's actually not that bad. It's actually pretty... It's got some pretty decent stuff in it. I'm assuming that those matches will be spread across maybe two or three episodes. Uh, leading into this next uh, big show, we're going to talk about Windy City Riots in Chicago. And these 
I've also got some like big big matches here. I'm gonna save the one where I know you and I both want to mention till last. Well, while we in the card, there's a six man no time limit Chicago street fight of Jonah, big dude, bad dude Tito, and Shane Hayes, I believe the former Shane uh, James Thorvin Dewey or Slapjack in a dark time, taking on Finjuice and Brody King. We got Tom Waller taking on Yuji Nagata. Doesn't say it's for the strong title, but it should be. Uh, Jay White will have his USG Open Challenge. Tommy Yorishi will take on Minoru Suzuki. If they don't make that for the Ring of Honor TV title, I'll be very sad. Uh, John Moxley will take on Will Ospreay. Uh, in a 10-man tag, you've got Fred Rosser, Josh Alexander, Alex Goglin, Ren Narita, and Chris Dickinson taking on Black Tiger, Danny Limelight, J.R. Kratos, Jarrell Nelson, and Royce Isaacs. But the match we want to talk about, a 12-man tag of Aussie Open, TJP, Great Okan, Jeff Cobb, and Hanari, basically the entire United Empire except for Osprey, taking on Bullet Clubs, El Fantasmo, Hikaleo, Chris Bay, Anderson, Gallows, and Scott fucking Norton. <laughs> Bullet Club is for life, all right? That's clearly showing it. <laughs> yes. I remember one of the first rest games I watched, I watched the New Japan Rambo, and I remember Norton showed up that year, just like, Jesus Christ, he still looks like he could murder you with his bare hands. Honestly, it's like, when I, when the picture came up with the match graphic, and I was like, who the fuck is, oh my God, it's fucking Scott Norton. <laughs> I know, like you got him, you got uh, the Good Brothers, and then you got uh, members of Bullet Club against uh, the United Empire. Even Aussie Open getting a chance to properly be showcased on a New Japan show. So yeah, getting to see the Good Brothers and you know ELP interact with Aussie Open and TJP. That's that's going to be a hell of a match. But this whole card for Windy City Riot looks like a hell of a show, and I hope it ends with a. Moxley dropping Osprey on his head. Maybe William Regal would be there with him. I mean, that's like, like Moxley and Osprey. This is a first-time match, mm-hmm. which is pretty fucking big. Like, you know, I do want Moxley to absolutely smash the living shit out of him for what he done to Sanada because that would just be beautiful. Um, as for the US of J Open Challenge, who we thinking is going to go for it? I don't know. I think uh, recent Chantel of all things, they did a thing between him and a uh, Chris Saban. And then they have, they're they're saying that Hikaleo, when he called him out and said he wanted to fight him and mutiny, that, that that was him accepting the challenge. So for this one, I don't know. Is there I'm trying to think of anybody who's recently had a, a contract, you know, a non-compete end here? I'm, I'm going to a name because it's one of the first ones uh, that came to my mind. I know he, he faced some of the guys that we've already mentioned here at like GCW shows over the past weekend. But I'll say Beth Music. I'm going to throw... Now, this is complete fantasy booking. This is complete outrageous. Probably won't happen, but my God, I pray for it. We're in Chicago. Who's pretty much the biggest wrestling name in Chicago? CM Punk. I tried to think of somebody daft who's from Chicago, but literally, I knew you were going to say, so that's the only person I could think of. (laughs) I was going to jokingly say Colt Cabana, but even then, I'd, I'd take that. But yeah, like it's it, it's not impossible because New Japan and AEW still kind of have a bit of a relationship and that, so they are in that neck of the woods. It's don't get me wrong, I don't think it will happen, but mm-hmm. there's a there's that part of me. It's like go on because that would actually be a beautiful match because we've seen Punk can properly go right now. Yeah, 
and White is having some fantastic matches, like his match with um, thingy, no saving, bloody Alex Shelley. It's fucking beautiful. One thing I'm looking forward to about Lone Star is seeing him against uh, Mike Bailey, which was that match was apparently one of nine matches Mike Bailey had across three days for so many a weekend. Yeah, Bailey was a fucking worker on that weekend. Like the man done Bloodsport, he done like he done New Japan. I think he done GCW and stuff like that as well. It's just unreal. What a what a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the hell of a. So like everybody says like every weekend there's a guy who steals the whole weekend having some like banger after banger. I think going into it, everybody could see what the matches he had lined up uh, that was probably going to be. Uh, Mike Bailey this year. I mean, he had he had matches against likes of Bandido and he said Jay White. Like he did compete in the multi matches against uh, Alex Shelley as well. So hell of a week for for him. Uh, and somebody who Moxley we mentioned him. Somebody he likes to uh, you know, model himself after with his music and everything. Onita. Don't know if you've seen. He led a team to victory over a team led by PCO back at WrestleCon. Did you see those teams? Did you see yeah. who was in those teams? <laughs> I I thought I was I thought I was having some sort of episode when I seen it. I went, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Onita had I believe Finjus, Colt Cabana. Who's the other name I'm missing here? The Miller name on his team. But like PCO's team had him, Fandango, Enzo. Uh, they had fucking Barry Horowitz on the team. One of one of the teams had um. Was it not the Midnight Express? Was that on Team Onita? Yeah. yeah, I think Onita actually had uh, Rock and Roll Express on That's his it. team. Uh, had Rock oh, and Roll Express on his team. Pretty sure at least one or both members of Finjus were involved in his team. Yeah, Colt just, Cabana. It was, there. Just, it was just Juice. It was Juice, Colt Cabana. And, and then... Rock and Roll Express. Like, like, yeah. Take it on, buddy. PCO, Enzo, uh, Fandango, Barry Horowitz. Like... Just that name alone. One name that's missing, I can't remember his name. That's good name not enough, but I've got to figure it out. Who is it? Who was it? PC, oh come on. Give me the give me the juice. Give me the juice. Come on, just Google, come on, give me the answers. Give me the answers. I've almost got it. Almost got it. No, oh, that's just telling me the bloody match announcement. God damn it. <laughs> It's going to do my nothing. I, I need to get the answer to this in the next like two minutes or it will just drive me mental. Give me the results, damn you. That way, here we go. There was a show called the March Hitchcock <laughs> Memorial Show from WrestleCon. I hear it. Just, while, just, yeah. just while I'm trying to find out who, who was on the, uh, the team again. I got the last I, name. Oh, I found it. I found it. It's Jimmy so, Wang Yang. So yeah, just in case you didn't hear it, those are back and Susie Onita, uh, the Rock and Roll Express, Colt Cabana, and Juice Robinson defeated the team of PCO, Barry Horowitz, Fandango, Enzo, and Jimmy Wang Yang, or I mentioned Fandango is now called Dirty Dango. This card also had Ishii against Timothy Thatcher. It was brutal. Also, I mentioned Biff Music as a person to potentially you know, face uh, Jay White. He did fight uh, John Moxley at uh, Bloodsport that week. Uh, he also fought Monroe Suzuki on this show. And this card also featured the Briscoe brothers defeating Loki and Homicide, as well as Bandido v. Mike Bailey that I mentioned. Also, Ty Valkyrie and John Morrison in a 
Dirty Dishes match and uh, Mia Yim versus Athena. So yeah, I'm, just quite, quite I'm just going to plug this one on the side while we're while we're at it. That husband v his wife Dirty Dishes match was fucking outstanding. It was like a death match with kitchen equipment. I was so focused on like I've, I've been watched most of my wrestling matches. I watched also everything WWE with Takeover and Stand Takeover and Mr. Me both nights. I'm having to catch up on some of the stuff. I'm gonna I need to watch Lone Star. I need to watch Supercard of Honor. I already watched the the pre-show, which had a really cool match between Brock uh, Gabbana and Blake Christian. If you haven't checked that out, but like I'm having to add that fucking WrestleCon show onto my list because. Yeah, I'm buggered if I'm going to try and watch every GCW show. I mean, I found a way to watch both nights of spring break, but there was like GCW, like, at least the 40% of the shows WrestleMania week seemed to be all under the GCW umbrella. Hi, honest to God, absolutely fucking unreal. Like, what, what a weekend it has been. And just on the back of like all the New Japan stuff, and then us getting ready to go back into more New Japan stuff. What a time to be alive! What a time to be alive indeed. Also, this Saturday, as I mentioned, is, is Hyper Battle. But then New Japan will quickly be back on the, the road again. Uh, much like Willie Nelson, they can't wait to get back on the road again. Because no. Also, that's on the 9th, Saturday the 9th, on the 18th. So it's a bit of a gap, you know, more so than usual. On the 18th of April, they start the Golden Fight Series. That will be their next tour, which will take them all the way up to the 28th of April, which will be their last show on that series. And then on the 1st of May, we'll have Wrestling Don Taku, which is said to be in a major like, arena for, for uh, Japan. And then obviously in May, starting on Sunday the 15th of May, the best of Super Juniors will run all the way to the 3rd of June. And they've also announced that Dominion is happening with Sakura Hall on the 12th of June. So it feels like you know the summer schedule for the most part for on the Japan side, it's time to return to some normality for the first time in a couple of years. What a time! <laughs> Only doing one night of uh, wrestling on Taka this year rather than two nights. Uh, also, some of the shows they've got names for. Who comes up with these names for the New Japan US shows? Because on the 14th of May, they've got a show in Washington called Capital Collision. What? What? Who comes up with these names? Honestly. Absolute pish. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this sounds like like early late two thousands TNA like B pay per views like they had Sacrifice or Victory Road like and so far bloody the New Japan Strong have had Mutiny and uh, Mutiny Capital Collision even bloody they even used Nemesis the name of a the subtitle of a shit Star Trek film. <laughs> Honest to God, uh, unreal. Yeah. So whoever has the job of coming out of these names is just taking the piss. <laughs> taking the absolute piss. But that is everything that has been going on for the most part, and not just New Japan, but it seems like the world of bloody wrestling. And we will be keeping a, a close eye on what happens throughout April. We'll probably talk about any developments in the uh, fall coming out of Hyper Battle on the Golden Fight series, which will set up the card for Wrestler Don Taku. I'll also talk about, you know, the what sounds like a fairly meh Lone Star show for New Japan Strong, but hopefully by the time uh, we record again, we can also talk about Windy City Riot, which has, as we just discussed, one hell of a card there, including Scott Bloody Norton, I should mention again. And then come May-June thing with Super Juniors and, and Dominion, 
our we've got our work cut out for us. Hopefully, they save the they they continue to save the G one for like the fall because I don't know if I can go right from Dominion into the G one at this stage with everything that's happening in the world of wrestling. That's right. I mean, hopefully, even if they go back to their usual date, we should have Dominion at the start of May, best of Super Juniors throughout May, and probably not get the G1 until July, August thing. We need a break, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we get that break, but when we are here to tell you all about it, we hope that you'll be following along with us, but if you can't get enough wrestling and you want to hear a little less of the Japanese say more of what's happening in the US, particularly like the WWE or AEW, Really, cage of that impact. Make sure you check out ESSR Central here on our uh, our feed. Uh, we latest episode that went up was mostly focused on uh, WrestleMania's Night One and Two with myself and Gary joining my brother Ross, the usual host of that show. Also, check out our feature shows uh, every Tuesday on the ESSR feed. We've got a show recently went up about Samoa Joe. We've got shows about the Raw after WrestleMania. We've got some uh, retro lookbacks coming up, like one coming up in the next week or so about In Your House, Revenge of the Taker from 1997. And also, the month will be rounded out by uh, a little known wrestler by the name of Cody Rhodes. There'll be in a show about him, I'm sure. Nothing has happened in the last week or so that makes him a big talking point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Saturday Draft Live every single Saturday. We just started season 13 of our annual, uh, our regular fantasy draft. Let's see who can last the biggest season that we do from all the, from Mania all the way to SummerSlam. Also, to keep up with all the content that we are producing here, almost as much content as the world of wrestling is producing right now. So keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Suplex. You can join the Facebook community page to be updated on everything going on here. Join the conversation, ask a, answer a question uh, to be read out on an episode of Central. David Campbell is buggered off. We'll, we need another egomaniac to ask the question. I'm sure there'll be no shortage of them in the ESSR team. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you everybody for taking it out. Grant, thank you for joining me to talk about not just everything that's been in Japan, but just the wacky world of, of wrestling. And uh, I feel like I say this all the time, but uh, the next few months, We've got uh, our workout for this. It's never going to end. <laughs> it will never end. Yeah, I'll be, I mean, it will, it will end eventually when we get to six episodes. But before, but until that time, it will not end. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye, everyone. There now follows an enthusiastic advertisement for Quiz Showdown. Hello guys, welcome to Quiz Showdown. I'm Daniel Campbell and in the show you're going to see the members of the Eat Sleep Suplex retweet team go through a very strange quiz. We don't know what the heck's going on with it, but you're going to have to watch to find out. Go check out on the YouTube channel now. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown.